Your city, your community, and the issues that matter to you. This is the Jim Harrison Show on Radio NL. Good morning and welcome. Shane Woodford filling in for the vacationing Jim Harrison. He'll be back with us next week. A beautiful morning here in Kamloops. Uh, we're going to talk Trump off the top here. Real pleasure to be joined on the phone by Jen Gerson, who's a contributing editor for McLean's, co-host of the Canadian politics podcast, Oppode. Good morning, Jen. How are you? Thanks. Uh, good morning. I'm good, thanks. Good. Thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. No uh, you wrote uh, an article <laughs> called uh, Trump is a bully. You thought Canada was weak. He was wrong about us. Uh, but that was on Monday. And so much has happened since then. <laughs> uh, if you were going to write that article today, uh, what, uh, how would you kind of perceive the relationship uh, in light of what you wrote just five days ago? Um, the thing that I would probably appreciate is the fact the number of Americans who have reached out to Canadians personally to try and, for lack of a better term, apologize for their president's bad behavior. Um, you, you know, I think it's probably important to confine this to a spat between, uh, you know, prime ministers and presidents. This isn't a spat between Canada and America. I mean, I don't think America at this point has any real animus towards Canada, and that's probably an important thing to point out as well. Absolutely. It's one of the interesting dynamics about the Trump presidency, and there has been more than a few, to me, is is you have this uh, this brash, gregarious, uh, just this firebrand as president, uh, someone who's not entirely honest, uh, but yet the administration and the bureaucracy of the United States government behind him almost in, in a lot of ways seems to be governing around him at some times to try and keep some level of normalcy. Do you see that too or no? Uh, yeah, as, as much as that's humanly possible. I mean, the other thing that I think that people need to remember here is that you know, this isn't about NAFTA, this isn't about Canada, this isn't about Mexico, it's not about a border wall, it's not about immigration, it's not about, you know, drugs across the border, it's not about any of these things. I mean, these problems and these issues that Trump seems to point out are, are real and are worth addressing if you're an American citizen. However, the reason why he's bringing up these problems is not because he's the guy who wants to solve these problems, he's bringing up these problems because he's trying to exploit these problems in order to, you know, create enemies that he can galvanize his supporters around. Um, that's, I think, my, my, my big fear about what's happening in Canada right now and the way that we're addressing these NAFTA negotiations is that you know, we're getting very caught up on sunset clauses and uh, border rules governing auto parts uh, going over the border and all of these sorts of things without realizing that or I think maybe not entirely fully grasping how much of it is just theater. Yeah, I don't think that, that Trump cares there's a new NAFTA deal. Like I, I just honestly don't think he cares. That's not the point. The point is to find a bad guy, an enemy, something to, to blame, something to get angry at. And, you know, I think that Canada needs to continue, needs to understand that it's playing a game here, and the game isn't NAFTA. NAFTA is the side hustle. Uh, I'm curious what you think of uh, the Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's sort of response to it. He's he and and his government have have tried to the best, I think, to try and uh, keep a high road and not you know go down into the muck and, and engage in in sort of the same level of tactics. Uh, uh, your assessment of sort of you know if if that's an effective strategy or or you know is there a benefit to the Prime Minister? Is there a detriment to, to his position? Well, you know what, I, I'm, I'm the first to criticize the Prime Minister when I think he deserves it, but in this case, I don't think there's a playbook. There's there's no easy answer on this one. Um, if Canada tries to play it nice and easy and polite, it's possible that we may keep our head down and, and avoid becoming, 
you know, this bizarre straw man enemy that, that Trump wants to make us out of. But at the same time, if we try that tactic, the other risk that we take is that we come off as weak. And there's nothing a bully likes more than someone who comes off as afraid and weak. Um, you know, supply, this is the supply management stuff that Trump is railing on about is, is, is a really interesting tactic. Because, I mean, for all intents and purposes, I mean, my opinion, Trump is right. Our supply management regime is terrible. <laughs> you know, if, if, if the renegoti- renegotiation of NAFTA did nothing more than simply dismantle the dairy cartel that keeps our cheese and milk prices artificially high. I mean, economists think tanks and uh, consumers would all rejoice and clap them on the back for it. But that's not what Trump is trying to do. Trump isn't trying to find reasonable concessions on supply management. Trump is trying to create an enemy out of Canadian dairy. And if that's what he's trying to do, well, then, you know, just dismantling supply management is completely the wrong approach because we dismantle supply management and we've just given it into a bully. That just means that he's going to push for more concessions later. Uh, do you think that there's been some suggestion that the prime minister's strategy is 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 perhaps politically motivated? That perhaps it's a it's a bit of a vote attractant uh, to oppose Mr. Trump in some form or fashion? Do you buy into that or no? Um, not really. Um, the reason why I don't buy into that is because the risks are just too high. Look, if 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 Trump or if if Trudeau went like it's, it's such a it, that's such a low high risk low reward move in order yeah. to generate a couple of um, votes to because on anti Trump sentiment and like to lose NAFTA <laughs> like that that like there's no there's better ways to get votes than that yeah. um, I, I just I I just I I don't think that Trudeau's team has played everything brilliantly or played everything well. I think they've made some silly mistakes. I mean, I think Brian Lilly pointed out, for example, that, you know, that leak that came out a couple of days ago um, about a phone call between uh, Trump and Trudeau um, in which Trump sort of jokingly made reference to the War of 1812. Right. You know, if somebody leaked that to CNN, it was probably someone around Trump who, or sorry, around Trudeau who leaked that to CNN, and it's just a needlessly antagonistic thing to do. Mm. Um, Willie made that point, and I think that he, he made a fair one in that regard. So I don't think they've necessarily played everything brilliantly, um, but, uh, yeah, there's, as I said, there's, there's not really a lot of easy answers here. There's no, like, clear-cut if A, then do B when you're dealing with a a person like Donald Trump. Yeah, I. A lot of people kind of. I, I mean, I. I will often wonder if there's an overarching, uh, overarching strategy on Mr. Trump's part, or whether he just takes things hour to hour, day to day. Uh, how do you see this relationship? Sort of. I don't know. What, where do we go from here as far as all of the things that play between Canada, the NAFTA, all the stuff, and then this, you know, this this battle apparently between Mr. Trump and, and Mr. Trudeau. Does the relationship get better? Does it, you know, stagnate? How do you see that playing out? Look, my fear right now is that Trump is playing a political game. He's trying to create enemies, right? Um, And he's trying to turn Canada into an enemy. And that seems like a preposterous thing um, until it works, Mm -hmm. until all of a sudden, you know, we're one of the go-to pinatas of the far-right conservative class in America. Canada doesn't benefit by being that enemy. Um, I don't know how how easy it's going to be to avoid at this point, but I think that that's the real risk here. Um, there are two things here. One is that keep in mind, keep things in perspective, but also keep things in perspective. Uh, you, you know, Trump's presidency is going to last a couple more years. It's a blip. It will move on. America will elect something, someone else. Quite hopefully, quite probably someone more reasonable, and we're, we're going to look back on this crazy era and go like, hey, what do you do? <laughs> that is a possibility. It's also possible that what Trump represents, the, the, the sort of schisms in American society that he represents aren't going anywhere, that Trump's only the beginning. And if that's the case, 
then America, then Canada's got another really difficult problem ahead of it, and that is, you know, we are wildly interdependent with a com- with a country that is becoming increasingly volatile and unstable, mm-hmm. um, politically. Um, the only option I see for Canada, given that scenario, is massively attempting to diversify our economy and wean ourselves off that independence as quickly as humanly possible, but it would take a generation. I just think that, you know, the fact that this can happen means that it can happen. And um, that puts Canada in in an extraordinarily dangerous position. It's interesting. Uh, the, the economy diversification thing, I think you're, you're, you're bang on. Short term, um, I was talking to a travel agent this morning who was saying that uh, more international visitors are flowing into Canada uh, than ever before, possibly due to you know staying away from, from Trump's America. So uh, on some aspects, maybe the, the Canada stands to benefit from all of this you know, faux outrage. Well, uh, even a significant inflow of international tourism ain't going to make up for NAFTA. So I mean, yeah. like it's, 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 it's nice, but it doesn't actually actually mean anything in the long term. So, um, yeah, I mean, Canada's going to have to get real smart real quick, and I, I think that we've got to um, cool the relationship with America in, in a big way, and that's really unfortunate because I don't think, you know, heading into a world in which America is less powerful is going to be a good or better world. I mean, the, the types of superpowers we're going to have to start really forging alliances with are powers like China, and China doesn't share our values. China has real human human rights issues, mm-hmm. but I just don't see any other strategic option for for a country in Canada's position in that. So, like, none of these outcomes are good, but I, I don't I don't see what the other choice. I don't see that we've been left with a lot of other choices. Uh, as you've mentioned a few times, NAFTA is pretty crucial. Uh, how do you how do you forge ahead uh, trying to bargain an agreement with a White House that's volatile? How, how do you do that? You stop pretending that this is what it's about. I mean, like I, I, as I said, like I I, I don't know how to do that. I mean, even the, the, the demand for a sunset clause. I mean, if you go back and look at any kind of history of behavior, behaviors within abusive relationships, um, one of the things that you're going to find is that an abuser in an abusive relationship will constantly try to manufacture crises. Well, that's what the sunset clause is all about, right? It's about trying to create a system where Canada's always on this treadmill of crises every five years, mm-hmm. renegotiating this, renegotiating that, renegotiating this, renegotiating that, in order to keep us sort of off balance and without any kind of leverage. I mean, it's, it's, it's a clause that Canada can't sign on to. And, and shouldn't, absolutely shouldn't, even at the detriment of the loss of the entire deal itself. Um, you know, but I mean, there's, there, 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 there's no easy way. The, the, the deadline for creating a NAFTA deal ahead of the next primaries has now passed. Um, they can't, with all of the timelines that the American Congress has in terms of uh, negotiating or ratifying a, 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 a trade deal like this, we couldn't get it done um, before November 8th, even if we wanted to, which means that these sorts of NAFTA negotiations are going to carry on into 2019. Um, you know, honestly, at this point, I think what probably Canada should do is just drag out these negotiations as long as humanly possible. Mm-hmm. And agree to nothing, concede nothing, or, or, or agree to small things here or there, blah, 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 but just drag this out as long as possible and see if, they, see if you can drag out these negotiations beyond the Trump administration term, because under these conditions, Canada can't get a good deal, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, well, like the Chinese curse says, may you live in interesting times. We're certainly doing that. Jen, thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Cheers. Yeah, Jen Gerson, contributing editor for McLean's, co-host of the Canadian Politics Podcast, Oppo.